0: you're listening to the social workers on wcdb albany and welcome back to the social workers live radio talk show here on wcdb albany 90.9 fm my name is eric hardiman Welcome back, Alyssa. I'm here with Alyssa Lotmore, my regular co-host. Very excited to be here again this morning for another interview. Alyssa.
1: I'm excited yeah. too. Another interview, but another great guest on a different topic. So it's always good to hear all about how social workers are involved in many different areas.
0: We, we have a lot going on. So we have with us today here in the studio, Rosana Codobatres, and I hope I've pronounced that right. Mm-hmm. Rosana is the Education and Training Coordinator at the Northeast New York Coalition for Occupation. Self, occupational safety and health. She has a background in social work and has worked to train refugees and immigrants around back, around nutrition, health, and safety topics. As an immigrant and children of immigrants, she has firsthand experience understanding the struggles many Latino and immigrant workers face in the United States. She graduated from the University of Albany's own School of Social Welfare Master's Program in 2016. She completed the Occupational Health Internship Program, and she assisted in the coordination of a trainer's exchange for 40 Spanish-speaking OSHA 10 trainers in the field of construction in New York City. Rosanna also has experience training workers following natural disasters and traveled with a team of occupational safety and health trainers to Houston to facilitate a disaster relief train-the-trainer program. Using her background in social work and as a yoga instructor, Rosanna integrates elements of self-care and resiliency into her trainings and conferences. She serves on the board of directors of the National Coalition for Occupational Safety and Health, the board of directors of the New York Bicycling Coalition, the National Association of Social Workers Program Review Committee, and the Office of Mental Health's Statewide Multicultural Advisory Committee. It's a very impressive resume, Rosanna. Welcome to our show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me here today. And as an alum, I'm thrilled that you're on here as as well. Now, can we start off uh, by the, what is the impact of occupational injuries and illnesses in the United States? Because based on your background and what Eric has just uh, just read, it seems like there's a lot of work that you're doing in this area.
2: Yes, that's correct. Um, so like Eric mentioned, I work for an organization called NENICOSH, the Northeast New York Coalition for Occupational Safety and Health. And um, in this field, we see a lot of workers that are injured on the job. So it's something that a lot of people don't really think about, you know. We spend a lot of our time in our jobs. It's a place where, you know, we spend anywhere from eight to 10 hours a day. Some people have to work more. And so the impact of people having to go into work day in and day out, and working in some of these high hazard occupations, it really impacts their life when they you know, sustain an injury that's work related or an illness. So every year in the United States, there's about 5,000 people that die on the job. And that's from immediate incidents. So, you know, a fall from a ladder, or uh, getting caught in a machine. So that's what we call um, safety hazards. But then there's about 60 to 70,000 people every year in the U.S. that die from occupational illnesses. So that's from uh, being exposed to chemicals or asbestos or other types of toxic dust and substances. And that's a lot harder to document because, you know, you are exposed to this toxic substance one day but you feel fine the next day. It's you know, not until twenty or thirty years later that an illness develops. So it's really hard to track the impact of that. But we know that it's somewhere around the sixty to seventy thousand uh, deaths that occur from these diseases.
1: So, what are the most vulnerable groups affected by these workplace injuries? Is there certain popula- certain groups, certain populations that are more impacted?
2: Yes, definitely. So workers that work in non-unionized settings, uh, they tend not to receive any sort of health and safety training. Hmm. They may be just put in front of a computer and you know check off boxes that they receive the training. Um, And a lot of the populations that many people in the social work field serve are the vulnerable populations that we see in occupational safety and health. So immigrants, refugees, people that are entering the workforce, young workers that don't have any experience, Um, And also people that are older, you know, people that have gotten kind of complacent in the job. They think they know how to do their job, and they just kind of, it's automatic for them. But for the most part, it's those low-wage workers, people that are employed in temporary settings. They may be in one job setting one day and another one the next day, um, where there's no continuity of training and there's no uh, accountability sometimes from the employer.
0: So it sounds like your work uh, certainly sits at the intersection of social work and public health and occupational safety, and there's lots of different intersections in your work. Um, Are you doing predominantly training, or are you uh, doing policy work? Tell us about the the actual uh, nature of what you're doing for the organization.
2: Yes, so uh, my organization um, was founded in 2014, and it was founded by people that you know really care about this topic mostly public health and occupational health specialists in the capital region and one arm of what we do is training because we do feel that by providing trainings to low wage workers that don't wouldn't usually receive this training we are preventing those injuries and illnesses from happening. But the other arm is definitely advocating on behalf of workers. So, you know, workers that don't know the rights, um, they don't know that they should be asking for personal protective equipment or for the training, or in the event of, um, you know, uh, retaliation by the employer. So we do advocate for policies that are worker friendly, um, for, legislation that would protect workers, you know, not just in the capital district, but at the state level and um, at the national level as well. So we are an organization that is part of a national network, and there are about 20, 21 other similar COSH groups or coalitions for occupational safety and health in different parts of New York State and also different parts of the nation. And so together, we kind of come together to advocate for these policies
1: at a national level. Interesting. So as a social worker, how does your experience, your background in our, you know, our social work profession help you doing what you're doing now?
2: So I, a lot of what I do on a you know, week-to-week basis is delivering these trainings to workers. And so I think the experience that I have gotten from the social work, my social work education really helps in relating this information in a way that is understandable to people, that is, you know, relatable, kind of telling the human stories that connect us all. Um, and also, just you know, the interest that I have in helping people and serving people, I think, really grounds my work. The other thing that I will say is that this field, in general, is very grounded in organizing principles mm. and principles of like helping workers help themselves, right? So that strengths-based perspective and self-determination that we are just delivering the information to workers. And with that information, hopefully, they will help their coworkers and become more educated to advocate for themselves.
0: So it sounds like almost a community organizing uh, element, too, that, that there's something about training groups of people and helping workers uh, figure out what they need to do to also advocate for themselves.
2: Yes, that's right. So this field, that's a lot of how it got started. You know, people realizing that they were being exposed to chemicals in their workplace and wanting to do something about it. And I will say that it is a lot easier to do that kind of work in a union setting where people Mm. have a space to kind of commute and uh, communicate around these issues and, and have leadership within the organization. And so that's one of the challenges I would say that we face in trying to convey this information to workers that are in a program, but they're not working all in the same job site, right? They're going through some job training program, but they work in many different occupations.
0: And so the focus of your work is entirely the state of New York, correct? It's it's not national focus, or, or is it more just New York State?
2: So for Nenikosh, it's just the capital region. It's so Just we the capital serve, region? Mm-hmm. We serve workers in
1: the five counties surrounding the capital district. Okay. And one of the things you've mentioned is education and can you tell us a little bit about this upcoming photography event that you're putting together in April about for uh, the workers Memorial week can you this seems like a way to educate the public in another way in a, a photography way Can you please share a little bit about that
2: yes um, so like I mentioned you know a lot of people don't know the impact of workplace injuries and so we felt that it was important to do something more public facing to educate the public around what are some of the the things that we work on. So we are bringing the work of a really world-renowned labor photojournalist. His name is Earl Dotter. Um, He's been documenting workers in their jobs for the last 50 years. So he got started as a VISTA volunteer working with coal miners um, in Appalachia and really documenting what their lives were like. Um, A lot of his work has been featured on NPR around this investigation of black lung disease. So we'll have some of those pictures at the exhibit. Uh, And the exhibit will be held from April 22nd to 26th at the Legislative Office Building in Albany. Um, And that is the week that we, in this field, commemorate workers who have died on the job or who, who has sustained an illness due to their job. So it's called Workers' Memorial Week, Um, We'll have several different events that week, starting with an opening reception that Monday, April 22nd at YouthFX. And the week will culminate with our annual Workers Memorial Day event that is uh, organized by many different unions in the district and the um, Area Labor Federation, as well as our organization. And that'll be Friday, April 26th at noon at the site of the exhibit. So the legislative office building.
0: Great, and it sounds like an example, uh, you know, really of using something like photojournalism and using something in the creative arts um, to spread a message and to, you know, to shine a light, if you will, on conditions and on situations that, uh, particularly with occupational safety and health, are not always clear to the public. They're not; it's not always clear what the dangers might be, what the risks might be, of, of a particular workforce. Um, so it sounds like a creative idea like this, like photojournalism and, and, and certainly his work in this, uh, with these photographs can help spread that, that message.
2: Yes, and that's what we're hoping. Um, and the other opportunity that we have with bringing the photographer to Albany is that he will be here the entire week. So we have coordinated with some of the different training partners and mm-hmm. unions that we work with for him to photograph their workers. Um, And so that way, you know, there's kind of another element to this exhibit that the photographer will be able to take pictures of workers in the capital district that we will be able to use for other promotions and those unions and participating organizations will also be able to use internally And, and just to see, you know, expand the work around uh, occupational safety and health and that you know it doesn't only impact factory workers or construction workers we see that it you know across jobs there's many different hazards that people face and so the more that we put this out there and the different occupations that are represented the more people will be able to understand okay that incident that happened to my mom who's a nurse Mm. this is related to this you
1: know now, for those who are more interested in learning about your agency and the services t- that you provide, what is the best way to contact them? Or are there certain resources that they might be able to read online? What's the best way for them to find out more information?
2: So I would say definitely go to our website, that's um, www.nenycosh.org. Um, or visit our Facebook page. We have an active Facebook page where we share resources and events that are happening in the area and also in New York State. And we try to also connect it with what is happening nationally, something that is, you know, a lot of people tend to receive more or read the national news, but we try to relate that to our local, um, what's happening locally. So that's facebook.com backslash Nenikash.
0: And do you think, you you know, that there's more awareness of this issue now do you think things are where where do you see the next uh the next chapter going with this i'm thinking even nationally but is there more awareness you know you mentioned the black lung um situation i mean is there more awareness of occupational health as a concept and and occupational safety and and sort of worker health
2: I would say aspects of it are are more well-known. So, for instance, another thing that we work around is workplace violence, Mm. and the whole Me Too movement and sexual harassment has really raised awareness around what people face at work and the harassment that they face. So I would say that aspect has really gotten a lot of attention nationally, um, and also the work around the opioid epidemic, Mm. because we see that people that are forced to work uh, after an occupational injury and they have to work through pain, they take medications, and this is directly related to the opioid epidemic. So I would say that those topics, as well as um, the recent disasters that have occurred, have raised awareness a little bit more around occupational safety and health, but it's still something that we come up against that not enough people know what it is or why they should care or why they should know their rights.
0: Right. Well, it sounds like very important work you're doing. If you've just tuned in, we're, we are talking with Rosanna Coto batres and uh, she works for the Northeast New York Coalition for Occupational Safety and Health.
1: And she's also an alum, Eric. That's one of the most important things. An
0: alum not just of the University of Albany, but also of the School of Social Welfare, a, a former social work student. So we are we're glad to have you back in the studio.
1: So I think it's really... You're doing such amazing work, but I think it also shows how the so, how broad the social work profession is and when people think social work they don't always think of hey I'm going to work with workplace w- worker injuries and doing things like this so I want to thank you for coming on this is public engagement month and at the here at the university and it's helping to show the connections between in the university with the community so you coming on here and showing that how the social work prof- profession is connected it's a really great thing so I want to thank you for that Great. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: We wish you the best of luck in your future work, and we'd like to hear more you know, down the road. So maybe you'll come back and join us again and uh, let us know where this all goes from here. But it's, as we said, very, very important work, and uh, you're making the school proud.
2: Great. Thank you, and I hope to see some of you at the exhibit.
0: Great. Uh, remind folks one more time where the exhibit can be seen, at the Legislative Office Building, is that correct?
2: Yes. So the concourse level of the Legislative Office Building, uh, the exhibit will be shown for the week of April 22nd to 26th. And it's only available for view during the hours that the LOB is open, so around 8 a.m. to 5, 5.30 p.m.
0: Okay. And then, and then when is the opening reception? You mentioned an opening reception at Youth FX.
2: Yes. So the opening reception will be Monday, April 22nd from 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock p.m. at Youth FX, which is uh, located at 25 Warren Street near Lincoln Park downtown.
0: Great. Thanks so much. We've been talking to Rosanna Coto Batres. Thanks for listening to the social workers on WCDB Albany. You're listening to The Social Workers on WCDB Albany.